Welcome to a Swifty Snapshot Podcast. Hi, I'm Silver. This is a Taylor Swift podcast about her songs. From her debut album, to her ninth studio album, to her re-records, Taylor's version, and beyond. Each episode will go through an individual Taylor Swift song, include guest appearances from fellow Swifties, and touch on current Taylor news or Easter eggs. Jump then fall with lifelong Swifty Silver as she shakes it off, occasionally does something bad, and becomes even more enchanted with Blondie. Are you ready for it? Welcome to a Swifty Snapshot Podcast. Hi, I'm Silver. I am so ready to record this podcast today. I have my Taylor's Latte from Starbucks. This is not sponsored. Her Grande Non-Fat Caramel Latte, which... I have now adopted as my drink of choice. Little history you have to know about me and Starbucks is I'm very seasonal when it comes to my choice of drink from there. So I like their seasonal menus. But when Taylor released her collaboration with Starbucks with the Red Taylor's version release, I tried it for the first time and loved it. And since there's not really a seasonal menu going on right now, I am drinking Taylor's Latte and will be doing so for the foreseeable future. In addition, I had a a real Taylor's moment in the car today. I was just coming back from the grocery store. I have my Taylor Swift playlist going as I normally do. And I just had the urge to just... Scream, shout, sing something of hers. And I was like, I want to sing the bridge of Cruel Summer. And I want to shout, he looks up grinning like a devil. So I put it on, I cranked my volume, and I was going to town. I am certain that the vehicles beside me that could see me were shaking their heads or laughing at me or both. But all that to say, I am so ready to get into some Taylor lyrics today. We are breaking down the fifth track from Taylor's debut album, Cold As You. This was written by Taylor Swift and Liz Rose, produced by Nathan Chapman, and it was released on October 24th, 2006. Now, all of my diehard Swifties, which is mostly all of you because this is a Taylor Swift podcast, Now, all of you know that track five of all of her albums are infamous for a reason. This is the first track five that we are talking about, and I am so excited to break it down. I'm also like a little vulnerable and emotional about breaking it down because as all of the track five fans will know, the history is that they are emotionally vulnerable ballads. They are raw. They are legendary. (laughs) One time, Taylor even released a track five merch collection that was during the Lover era. When she was doing Lover promotion, she did an Instagram live in 2019. And she was talking about the whole track five phenomenon. And she said, quote, I didn't realize I was doing this. But as I was making albums, I guess I was just kind of putting a very vulnerable, personal, honest 
emotional song as track five. She went on to say the reason she did this is because the fans, you, noticed this. So Cold As You is the first of nine track fives. And it is in the same category as other legends, such as White Horse, Dear John, All Too Well, probably the most famous of all track fives, one could easily argue, All You Had to Do Was Stay, Delicate, The Archer, My Tears Ricochet, and Tolerate It. What a lineup. I am so ready to break it down. Shameless plug. Make sure you check out our Instagram page, specifically the Insta stories for this podcast to see some track five slash cold as you content. The Instagram handle is a Swifty snapshot, same as the title of this podcast, and it is linked in the episode description. As much as I am so excited to break down every track five in Taylor's discography, we are talking about the very first one, Cold As You. She told Rolling Stone that this was her favorite song on the album. Specifically, she said, the hook is, I've never been anywhere cold as you. I love a line in a song where afterwards you're just like, burn. And oh man, this song is a call out. Furthermore, she said, I wrote this song with Liz, and I think the lyrics to this song are some of the best we've ever written. It's about that moment where you realize someone isn't at all who you thought they were, and that you've been trying to make excuses for someone who doesn't deserve them, and that some people are just never going to love you. All I can say is I have done this. Taylor is me, and I am Taylor. And I think many of us can say the same. Similar to A Place in This World, it is a short song. Between this one and A Perfectly Good Heart, those two are the shortest ones on the album. But despite its length, it has such emotional depth, vulnerability, and honesty. This song is about an emotionally unavailable guy. And when I was going through all of the lyrics and the lines, I was put straight into these feelings, these emotions. Not going to lie, I got a little teared up when I was doing my research. So this is going to be a very personal lyric breakdown. And I'm sure there are others out there that can relate all too easily. Let's break it down. Verse one, you have a way of coming easily to me. Right off the hop, that's about, that's about the only good thing about this guy that is said in this song. And it's the first line. It's all downhill from there. So to me, that says this is the rush of a new relationship. This is, these are the relationships that go too fast. And I'm not sure that we should judge the speed of a relationship by any timeline. However, there is a version of relationships that is too fast. It's a false easiness. It's an ignoring red flags. It's not having difficult conversations. It's not learning about the other person. It's falling hard and falling fast. 
it's not the category of when you know you know because that is a very separate different and healthy category unto itself this is too easy that you ignore everything else around you and then (laughs) we get into it and when you take you take the very best of me sometimes in relationships we are just so quick to offer everything so fast and when you are with somebody that is not careful on what they are receiving from you that can lead to a power imbalance and I've been there I think many of us have been there and we'll talk about this line in a couple of seconds in relation to an upcoming lyric so I start a fight because I need to feel something this line (laughs) brought me forward into the future to blank space from 1989 specifically the lyric screaming crying perfect storms it's so sad when you get to a point where you are so numb that you have to go to this emotional height in order to breach the numbness it also reminds me a little bit of what meg and i talked about with teardrops on my guitar When we were saying that when we want somebody or want to be with somebody and we can't have them, we become a sucker for punishment in that we will take whatever we can get at the detriment to ourselves. That's what this feels like. And you do what you want because I'm not what you wanted. So this line and line two and when you take, you take the very best of me is what I was referring to. If somebody, if you're with somebody that is still willing to take the best of you, even if it's not what they wanted, that is so, that is so harmful and so hurtful. And those situations are what Cold As You is born from, that emotional unavailability. This song, when you think about Taylor and what she went through to produce this, we get our first chorus. Oh, what a shame. First of all, this is the what a shame section of this lyric is the potential This is the what could be. And unfortunately, I think that that is so gripping to us when it comes to relationships that we let ourselves continue in situations longer than longer than we should. We say things like, oh, but I I can see what we could be. I've said it before. What a shame, because we see the alternate reality. We see the other side. Oh, what a shame. What a rainy ending given to a perfect day. We have a weather reference. And then this was in this I found very interesting. A rainy ending given to a perfect day. Taylor uses a hyperbolic metaphor to describe an entire relationship, to describe an entire interaction. She puts the whole relationship into one day and then ends it with a rainstorm. I love that descriptor of this situation. It's not what a rainy ending given to a perfect relationship. What a rainy ending given to a perfect summer. She pulls it all together into this heightened experience and says it was a day. It's so heavy and so deep and so honest. Just walk away. Ain't no use defending words that you will never say. I would like to take this lyric a step further because 
I think it's very easy to say words, but not follow through. So when you're it, when someone says something to you and then acts differently, ain't no use defending actions you will never do. I feel like that lyric kind of encompasses that whole scenario. And now that I'm sitting here thinking it through, I've never been anywhere cold as you. The isolation that comes from this, these lyrics is astronomical. I don't know why, but I, due to the use of the word cold and the isolating factors it brings, I literally think of a cold wasteland or a tundra or even an ice palace. Excuse my frozen Olaf references, but that's what I think of. But in your mind, you're faced with this supposing person in a relationship and that is the most isolating place you've been. No wonder it's cold. It's freezing. Verse two, you put up walls and paint them all a shade of gray. We have a colors reference. And again, I'm thinking futuristically all the way to her final album, Evermore, to a little lyric in Coney Island that says, did I paint your bluest skies, the darkest gray, a universe away? We'll talk about it a little more later, but we know that Taylor loves her colors descriptions. She utilizes the entire rainbow to describe emotions, situations, persons, and here is one of many. I stood there loving you and wished them all away. If a person doesn't want to communicate with you, what do you do? You can't do anything. Even if you're trying, even if you are trying to see something from their point of view, compromising, if you don't have that return to you, then you, those walls will continue to remain up, continue to be built. And you're just standing there giving the best of you, despite if it's not what they want. That is a hard lesson to learn. And then we come to my favorite lyric in this song. And by favorite, I mean the most emotional one for me. But, you know, we knew this was going to happen when we started breaking down Taylor songs in that we are going to have the full range of emotions. And this is one of them. And you come away with a great little story of a mess of a dreamer with the nerve to adore you. That is the how dare you of this all. But it's a how dare you with layers. It's a how dare you to the opposing un emotionally unavailable person. Like how dare you take the best of me even if it's not what you want. But then it's them saying how dare you be this emotional. How dare you be this connected. How dare you want this. It's so layered. The mess of a dreamer. I like to think of myself as a dreamer, as a creator, as artistic. And a mess can be a very positive thing, but there's a lot of negativity associated with it too. And when someone reframes the narrative of your dreams, of your creativity, of your artistic expression, whether it's that they label you as crazy, as too much, whether they try to silence you, that little story that they rewrite, that can be so damaging and so hard to process and work through. As much as we don't want to take that on for ourselves, we still do. 
That's why these lyrics are so near and dear to my heart. We get verse 2. The only change between verse 2 and verse 1 is the added interjection, so, between the first and second line. Oh, what a shame, what a rainy ending given to a perfect day. So, just walk away. Ain't no use defending words that you will never say. In the first chorus, it was just walk away. Then it was so, just walk away. It's almost like Taylor is trying to convince herself that that's actually what she wants. She's really trying not to defend this person. She's really trying to not, as she said in her description about the song, make excuses for someone who doesn't deserve them. But she needs that added interjection to be strong enough to let them walk away. So just walk away. It's so hard to not reach out, to hold on longer than you should. And I feel like that added interjection in the second chorus is very purposeful by Taylor. We get the bridge. You never did give a damn thing, honey, but I cried, cried for you. And I know you wouldn't have told nobody if I died, died for you, died for you. This, speaking of future lyrics that have yet to be written at the time this came out, this is the epitome of you kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. I know you wouldn't have told nobody if I died for you. Little double negative action, but we'll definitely allow it. When it comes to Taylor and lyrics, we'll allow a lot. In fact, we'll probably just allow everything. This is the pinnacle of someone being emotionally unavailable. When you're giving everything up until saying you would die for somebody and they wouldn't even bother validating, noticing. That's, that's what this bridge is. Then we finish the song with a final chorus. Oh, what a shame. What a rainy ending given to a perfect day. Then Taylor changes it up a little. Every smile you fake is so condescending. Such a lonely, isolating place to be put. This is not just, this is not some place, this cold, barren wasteland that Taylor is in that we can relate to in this song was a place she was put, not a place she sought out. Nobody would seek this out. This is not where anybody wants to be emotionally. But when you are put there by somebody else and you have to fight to get out of there, then you end up counting all the scars you made because even if you can get out of the cold and the rainy day ends you still come through with the scars and now that i'm sitting here thinking it through i've never been anywhere cold as you this song this short little song has so much for me i feel like I've used this entire song as my individual meaning segment in that I've spoken to what I've felt like in these situations and the ways that I've been treated and the ways that I haven't been seen. This is, this is a heavy one. This is one that you can use to cry to because it is an isolating song. It is a vulnerable place to be and it is cold. And unfortunately, that's how it ends. That is... What Cold Is You is for. I feel like this is ending the song 
the lyric breakdown on such a sad note. But this is Taylor Swift we're talking about. And she's not afraid to go there, to go to these places and bring us along with her. We talked about this last week. So I believe that a certain level of respect is due and we honor that. We honor. Sometimes we end in a sad place. Sometimes that chapter is and always will be sad. And track five, I suppose we should just be ready that anytime we are covering a track five on this podcast, it'll probably have a sad ending. We have a new segment in this podcast, and I am so excited. We've kind of hinted at it before. I say we as in as if there's more than one of me doing this podcast. I have kind of hinted at this before, but I'm calling this segment Taylor's Trends. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tally up the different trends that Taylor uses in her lyrics and her music, and we'll have a nice little numerical value breakdown so that, you know, if you want to use them for Instagram captions or you just want to be a Swifty nerd, we're going to use them. So the first category we're going to talk about today is the weather trend. We have one point in this song. How I'm going to do it is if it's the same lyric. So in this song, In Cold As You, the weather point is the rainy ending lyric. Obviously, that's used three times in the song, but that doesn't call. I'm not going to qualify it as three points. If it's the same context or lyric, then it'll only be one point. So we have one point for Cold As You for the weather trend. That brings us to a total of three points so far on this podcast. Then the next trend we have is colors. Another one point from this song added to the total of five points so far. Other trends that were not present in this song, but we will definitely keep on the back burner to discuss anytime they are relevant, are Taylor's use of the calendar. And I'm going to qualify that as months and seasons of the year. So all of that will be together. And then also time. So anytime she uses a specific time of day, she likes her 2am references. And as we know... <laughs> On this week's version of Taylor, we don't have a lot to discuss this week. Taylor was quiet this week online. However, she did surpass 196 million Instagram followers. Yay! And she is now the 12th most followed on the platform. Last week, she was 14th, so she went up two spots. Let's keep following her and let's get her to number one. That would be amazing. The next fun piece of Taylor news is there is a new Taylor Swift themed cafe in Chongqing, China, and it's called Getaway Car, and it is it features vinyl as the decor. So if you live there and you are listening to this podcast, please go there on our behalf and let us know how it is. That is all we have for this week's version of Taylor. Next week, we will be breaking down the sixth track on the album, The Outside, and we have our second guest appearance, Max from Accio Max. So make sure you tune in to hear us discuss The Outside. Don't forget to follow and subscribe on all the platforms so you don't miss any episodes or content. And on that note, come back, be there. Be there.